Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of American Soccer Quick Kicks. I'm your host, David Wright, and the summer of soccer keeps rolling on. We're in the middle of the Gold Cup. The group stage is over, and we're headed for the quarterfinals, which start on Saturday. But before I get into that, I want to cover a few other pieces of news. This week, the United States women's national team started their Olympic campaign. Their first match was against Sweden, and they lost by a score of 3-0. to zero. Their next match will be against New Zealand. So we'll see if they have any better luck and can overcome this initial loss and get out of the group stage. So not only was it a loss, but it was a it was a bad loss. It was an ugly loss. And they're going to have to find a way to rally and bounce back from this because if, if they're not able to get any improvement in their performance, then this is going to be a very short Olympic campaign for them. Their next match is against New Zealand, and these are all available on NBC Sports and the Peacock Network. This past Sunday, Cruz Azul and Club Leon played in the Campeón de Campeones to determine the 2021 Liga MX champion. Cruz Azul emerged as the victor. So what that means for this show is that they will now be playing the reigning MLS Cup champions, Columbus Crew, in the Campeones Cup. I explained all of that last episode, but this is the annual one-off match between the two champions of the two leagues. And so we will see that match take place on September 29th. Quick note before I move on, I believe I mentioned in the last episode that Toronto defeated Cruz Azul in the inaugural Campeones Cup in 2018. That was a mistake on my part. Toronto did win that match, but it was actually against Tigres. So this will be Cruz Azul's first trip to the Campeones Cup, and we'll see how they match up against Columbus. Now, August is going to be a busy month for Mexican clubs and American clubs facing off against each other. I should say at least Mexican players versus American players. We're going to have the League's Cup take place starting in August. And we're going to have the MLS All-Star Game at the end of August, which will match, for the first time, MLS All-Stars against Liga MX All-Stars. I have a lot more to say about that as we get closer. Just know that there's a growing partnership between the two leagues, and I think it's something that's going to be very positive for American soccer and for North American soccer. There was also news this week for the U.S. Open Cup. I mentioned earlier this year that they had delayed plans and they had kind of left the door open for some sort of tournament this fall. But that has officially been canceled, which I suspected at the time. And so there will be no 2022 U.S. Open Cup. So after 106 consecutive years of this competition, we've now had two years in a row that have been canceled. They did say that they have full plans for a complete open field, full-size tournament in 2022. They anticipate more clubs than ever in the tournament at over 100 participants. Well, this is going to raise another interesting issue because the CONCACAF Champions League usually reserves a berth uh, for the United States dedicated to the Open Cup champion. And as you may recall, because the 2020 Open Cup was not played, that defaulted to the 2019 Open Cup champion, which was Atlanta. So despite having a terrible year in 2020, Atlanta actually went to two consecutive Champions Leagues on the back of a single Open Cup championship. Well, now this year's competition is canceled, so what are they going to do? Are they going to keep that spot reserved for the reigning Open Cup champion? Because that's going to mean Atlanta is going to their third consecutive Champions League, and Atlanta is no better. In fact, they are worse than they were in 2020, and they just fired their coach after only 13 matches. And so it doesn't seem like it's fair to a lot of other clubs for Atlanta to get to go back to a third consecutive tournament. 
there is a good reason to keep that spot open for Open Cup champions because it, it at least symbolically represents a chance for every club in America to make it to Champions League. Like there's a path to Champions League for anybody, any lower division professional club or even amateur club. All you got to do is win the Open Cup, which it's highly unlikely, but it is theoretically possible. And so you want to kind of, at least symbolically, you want to have that path to the Champions League for everybody. But in this case, I don't know if you can justify letting Atlanta go back to a third consecutive tournament. So there's probably going to be an upcoming announcement about an adjustment to how they award those berths for the 2022 Champions League. So finally, let's turn the page to the Gold Cup. The United States was able to beat Canada. They luckily scored within the first 20 seconds of their match, and that was enough for them to hold on and see the victory out. Now, in the 12th minute, the anchor of the back line of the American defense, Walker Zimmerman, went down with an injury. And from that point on, it seemed like the United States was playing on their back foot, and they really just played a game of sustaining pressure and trying to hold off Canada. I would say Canada probably had the better match, but we were, we were able to do enough to hold on to that goal that was scored 20 seconds in and win. Now, Walker Zimmerman has now left the camp. He's got a hamstring injury, they say. Keep in mind, winger Paul Ariola also went down with an injury during the group stage. So what they've been able to do and what the rules allow is you can bring in injury replacements before the beginning of the quarterfinal round. So the United States has done that. They have brought in defender Henry Kessler from the New England Revolution to kind of be, I imagine, be a bench player to help shore up uh, the defense, kind of be a defensive option off the bench. So it's going to it's it's a big blow to not have Zimmerman there in the defense. He was a big part of our plans for how we were going to defend. So it's going to be a challenge without him. Now the interesting thing is the winger that they've brought in to kind of replace Ariola's spot on the roster. This is a 17-year-old who's been lighting it up for San Jose. His name is Caden Cowell, and he seems to be the total package. He's a fantastic, dynamic player. He's exciting to watch. He can absolutely score goals. And even though he's only 17 and he's coming into this camp late as an injury replacement, I'd like to see him on the pitch, and I think he could take a shot at starting. I mean, if you haven't seen this guy play for San Jose, you're in for a treat. Now, the United States does not play their quarterfinal match until Sunday, but the quarterfinals do begin the day before. On Saturday, we're going to have Qatar playing El Salvador, and we'll have Mexico taking on Honduras. I don't know if you saw the Mexico versus El Salvador final group stage match, but it was a very exciting match that opened eyes everywhere. El Salvador gave Mexico absolutely everything they can handle. They're bringing more quality to this tournament than most people were suspecting. They are managed by former United States men's national team player and veteran of the 1990 World Cup in Italy. His name is Hugo Perez, and he has got this team playing at a very high level. Mexico was lucky to come away with first place in the group. And Qatar, by the way, keep in mind, according to FIFA World Rankings, they're the third best team in this tournament. Here's another interesting little note about Qatar. They are the reigning Asian Cup champions, okay? The Asian Cup is the Gold Cup equivalent or the Copa America equivalent in the Asian Confederation. They won that, and they're the reigning champions. And they have a chance to be simultaneously the champion of two different continents. They can be both the Asian and the CONCACAF champion if they can come away with the gold cup. So that's something to keep an eye on. Qatar versus El Salvador on Saturday should be a very interesting match to watch. Mexico has Honduras. You do expect Mexico to have the edge in that tournament. And they did win their group, but they have looked shaky, at least shaky by Mexico's standards. And the pressure on the manager, 
Tata Martino and on those players is cranked up higher than ever. Anything less than a Gold Cup championship is not going to be acceptable. Then on Sunday night, the first match of the night will see Costa Rica versus Canada. And then the main event doesn't come on TV until 10 o'clock Eastern time, Sunday night. It's the last game of the weekend and we'll have the United States playing Jamaica. Now, Jamaica is one of the CONCACAF powers. They're going to give us a handful. It could absolutely go either way. I'm excited by the players that we have. I think we're playing stronger in this tournament than I expected we would. But at the same time, I made the prediction that we would not advance past the quarterfinal stage, and that is still very much a possibility. I do hope we get to see Caden Cowell play. I think that'll be very exciting and be an introduction of him to a larger soccer audience. Because if you're not watching the San Jose Earthquakes, you probably don't know about him. And it's a guy, it's a kid you need to know about. So that sets you up for this weekend's quarterfinal actions. On Saturday, we have Qatar versus El Salvador, followed by Mexico versus Honduras. Then on Sunday, we get both Canada and the United States in action. We've got Costa Rica versus Canada first, followed by the United States versus Jamaica. All of these matches are on FS1. The summer of soccer rolls on. So tune in, watch some soccer with me, and I'll be back to talk to you next time.